Well, well, last Sunday we didn't have church because of the cold and the ice. Uh, the flash freeze is, was noted by the weatherman. So um, we canceled. So, uh, And then I, Brad had on his um, page this morning, he said, if this were Monday, would you be driving to work? <laughs> so he meant for people to come out to church, you know, yeah, so... But um, two weeks ago, we spoke about the door of opportunity, and today I'm talking about divine opportunity knocking. <laughs> divine opportunity knocking. Now, um, since two weeks ago, uh, what opportunities have been knocking at your door? What, what things have been going on in your life that uh, have been presented to you that is different or Maybe it's the same old thing that's presented itself, and you've responded differently. You know, we've all heard about the, the prayer of the person praying to God to help them. You know, so far today, I haven't lost my temper. I haven't gotten mad at anybody. I haven't thrown anything. But God, I'm about to get out of bed, and I'll need your help. <laughs> so the, the opportunity that we have to do something, you know, what has come? Anything new? Anything different? present itself, noteworthy opportunities. So I'm glad all of, we, all of us had them and that <laughs> we're sometimes, uh, yes? Okay. Amen. Opportunities come in different shapes and sizes. <laughs> uh, you know, so when we think of that, you know, everything is an opportunity. Everything is a, a way of working in our life, and it's generally how we open the door. What are you expecting? <laughs> you know, what are we expecting? Uh, it's like, um, are you pregnant <laughs> with, ex with expectancy, <laughs> with anticipation? that God has birthed something in you and you believe that it is going to happen. And so we look at this and we find how that God is, you know, a woman who's pregnant may not feel like it in the first few months or maybe, I don't know, I've never been pregnant, but, you know, uh, they talk about uh, morning sickness. That's like um, a morning anticipation. <laughs> Why did this happen, you know? And then, of course, um, uh, the change in body and you know the, so there's this anticipation of a date in which the the child will be born well in our lives we have an expectation and and we have a divine opportunity is knocking at our life and so we need to be aware that what happens in our life and the difficulties that come whether it's snow or ice or freezing temperatures or warm and sunny or rain it you know it doesn't matter they're all opportunities for us to take advantage of the day and to go forward in the day knowing that God is in charge God has never lost control whether it's in a flood or in a blizzard <laughs> whether it's in sunshine or sorrow it doesn't matter God is in charge so do we seek God beforehand okay you know are we ready you know, the story of the ten virgins, 
they, they all arrived and five were wise and five were foolish. Well, five that were foolish, what, what were they? They were individuals who didn't bring extra. <laughs> they didn't bring extra oil for their lamp and their lamp ran out of oil because the, the bridegroom didn't come at an expected time. But the wise brought about their extra oil to, so that they would have oil for their lamps when the bride came. So we have an anticipated cold spell coming. And what's going to happen? All of the grocery stores are going to be flooded <laughs> and people are going to prepare for it. And that's a good thing. We were at the grocery store Tuesday, Wednesday after church. And there was nobody there. And Rhonda says, well, I wonder why nobody's here. And I said, they were here on the weekend. <laughs> you know, they were getting ready for the storm. They're all stocked up, you know. So there was nobody there. Well, the same thing, you know, going to happen to tomorrow or maybe today. People are going to be getting ready. Is that a bad thing? No. So what is it that we need? What is it that we need in our body? What is it that we need in our mind? <laughs> you know? Some people, if you don't mind, it don't matter. <laughs> but uh, what do we need in our mind to quicken our mind? What do we need in our spirit, our, our human spirit and our, and, and our divine spirit? What is it that we need? Well, in our body, there are physical abilities and coordination and stamina and healing and strength. There, you know, there's a lot of things that can go into our body that we need. And in our mind, how we think. Are we negative or are we positive? Is the glass half full or is it half empty? You know, what type of person are we? Do we have a good expectation or a bad? You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I find it interesting to hear people talk. And, you know, there's some individuals doesn't matter what it is there's always something wrong somewhere you know <laughs> doesn't matter if if there can be 10 things that are going right and one thing's going wrong what are they going to tell you about the wrong thing <laughs> why because they're stuck on that that's all that they see well what about this and what about oh well you know it'll change <laughs> but you see people of faith know that what we look at and is, is negative well, it's not going to stay that way because we're going to overcome it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So our mind, how we think, our spirit, it's that non-physical part of us. That Our spirit, you know, people, they talk about a spirit that don't quit. A spirit that doesn't give up. That in, in a time hardships, it, they, they just want to continue. It's like we know something good is coming. We know that there's... Um, Something out there. I think of the um, individuals who they, um, they died of thirst in, in the desert. And they were, where they were at, they were digging in the sand. And they, were, they dug about two feet down and they just laid there and they died. Well, if they had dug another foot, there was water. <laughs> they had the right idea, but they didn't have the determination. And how did they know there was water another foot down? They didn't. But if they had dug that extra foot, they would have found it. And you see, there are signs around us that, you know, if you, you know, study or look at some of the Aborigines in, uh, in uh, Australia, you know, these people can live out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of sand and dirt and nothing, and 
they can find water and they can find food and they can live there. And normal people would die of thirst and starvation living in the same place because they don't know what to look for. And I think in our life, having the Spirit of God in us, having God's Spirit with us, having God's Spirit there to help us, helps us to look for the right things. Helps us to know where to find that which is important for our soul, for our body, for our mind. That we, we are able to see things in a different, different perspective. Like the Aborigines, they're able to find water where you know, we would never think to look. They, they're able to find food where we would never think of looking. Just because they know what to look for. So the Holy Spirit is God with us. <laughs> Jesus said, I will send to you another comforter. I will send to you another, one just like myself. Now, often we think of, um, we would do different. If Jesus were standing here with us, you know, what would Jesus do? Remember those old, what would Jesus do? Well, we need to remind ourselves, what is the Holy Spirit telling us? <laughs> because the Holy, if we won't listen to the Holy Spirit's quickening in our heart, we wouldn't listen to Jesus standing there telling us. Jesus tried to speak to the religious leaders and the religious rulers, and they, they fluffed him off, you know. You're no Messiah. You're not coming the way that we think you should, you know. And you're just ruining our whole religion, you know. So there was a Jewish guy in college, uh, in not Bible school and seminary, but uh, we went to college, uh, and uh, he, he said, I asked him, well, about Jesus Christ, and he said, well, he's just some guy who came along and screwed up our whole religion. <laughs> you know, but that was his view of Jesus, and he was, he was not a converted Jew, but then we had uh, Dr. Tonkin that was here, and he was, uh, he was a converted Jew, and he knew exactly who Jesus was and why Jesus came. So the Holy Spirit is with us. He reveals God to us and through us. It is by God's word then that the Spirit speaks to us. So we have this divine opportunity, all right? Divine opportunity is knocking. All right, what does it look like? <laughs> what does it look like? How is it going to be made real to us? Well, divine opportunity is God's Spirit with us, in us, quickening, knocking, <laughs> Our spirit agrees with his spirit and bears witness and we come together in all of this and it's just like there's a synchronization that just as we know that when we, um, well, in the Sunday school lesson, Jesus came to the city of Nain in AIN and on the way out is this procession of people carrying um, a, 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 a dead man and, the, and it was his only son of a widow and Jesus touched the briar, the, the cot that they were carrying him on, and spoke to the individual. It's just like they came together at that one moment. They were coming out of the city. Jesus was there, and he was moved with compassion and, and raised this man from the dead. There are times in which we have these divine intersections, these divine opportunities, these times in which, how did that happen? Well, it happened because of God's opportunity his divine opportunity coming into our life so the scripture that i'm speaking on today is luke 11 so you think oh that was just an introduction well wait till you hear the sermon <laughs> i 
I've been waiting two weeks to preach this. You know how long it's taken? You're going to get two weeks worth. <laughs> you know, it's usually a 20 minutes to half I don't say 20, half hour to, you know. Well, now you get an hour. Last week's and this week's. Yeah, no Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But um, divine opportunity knocking. One day, he was praying in a certain place, Jesus. When he, when he finished, one of the disciples said, Master, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. So divine opportunity is God teaching us to pray. All right? Now, the Message Bible has it this way, and it's totally different from our Father who art in heaven, okay? It's, Father, reveal who you are, set the world right, keep us alive with three square meals, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others, keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. Now, that's quite a shrinking of the, uh, quite a different, you know, slant on the Lord's Prayer. But I, I think of it as, you know, whenever I pray, I, always, I think of Jesus whenever he is at um, the tomb of Lazarus. He goes, Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. And, and, and I, I try to, when I say that, and sometimes when I pray, I always say it with Father. Because he's my father. He's your father. He's our father. And so whenever we think of our prayers, we need to address it. It's not God, how you out there in the wilderness of nothingness. <laughs> father. Okay? Reveal who you are. Well, the King James has our father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Reveal who you are. Hallowed be thy name. Reverence. Of God. So whenever we come to God and we just think of our, well, come to, meaning come to a place of prayer, a place whenever we're going to bring our needs to the Lord, we need to reverence God. Reverence Him is to be in awe of who He is and that He loves us, He's forgiven us, and all is right between God and I. Okay? Not because I'm perfect, but because He is. And he then forgives me. And it's on his forgiveness that we enter into this relationship. So the reverence of God that he will reveal himself. God will reveal himself in his word. So if I am in reverence of God and reveal who you are, it's like, okay, what is the promises of God? That ask, <laughs> seek, knock. That what is, it, what is God telling? What do we reveal? That he loves us unconditionally that his grace and his mercy... So whenever we're asking God to reveal himself, we're, we, we know what to look for. He's told us. He says, set... And the, and the Message Bible says, set the world right. And in the King James, it's, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. <laughs> set the world right. Whenever we are praying and asking God for our petitions... Isn't it always to set something right that we consider to be wrong? We're sick. This is not right. Set the world right. God, set this right again. 
I am a well person fighting off sickness. I am not a sick person trying to be well. All right? So God set the world right. Here is this problem that I'm facing. God, I want the problem to be set right. <laughs> set the world right. So it's not, this is, I think, the place where we offer our petitions. God, be with our children. Be with our parent. Be with this person. This one who's sick, this one who's not here. With the surgery that is coming. Set the world right. The leg is broken. God, set the world right. Set the world, set the leg correctly. <laughs> set the world right. So whenever we take our prayers, we're asking God to make right what we consider to be wrong. Keep us alive with three square meals. <laughs> Give us day by day our daily bread. God is interested in our daily provisions. Our daily life, God is there to provide for us. Whether we, he, he, he is there for our going out and our coming in. Wherever we're at, God is there, so God is providing for us. And then the next one is, uh, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. And forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us, you know. So what is that? <sighs> forgive us. <laughs> forgive us as we forgive others. What happens is whenever we are understanding what true forgiveness is, we forgive others and we sense how that anger, that bitterness, that hurt is dissolved when we forgive. We're not letting somebody else off the hook. We are letting ourselves off of the hook of the pain that somebody else created. And I'm not going back there. So forgive us is keep us forgiven. Is God forgive me of my sins? And keep us forgiven because we're not perfect. If you think we're going to be perfect, if you're going to be perfect and never commit another sin, you're not human. <laughs> it's not an excuse to go out sinning, but it's the idea that I am forgiven and no matter how many times I fail, God is willing to forgive us. And if we are feeling like we need to be forgiven, that's the Holy Spirit working in us. Now, the need to be forgiven is different than guilt. I still feel guilty for something I did wrong. That's not God. God does not use guilt or guilt feelings. The reason we feel guilty is he's holy and I'm not. <laughs> so I feel guilty. And if I have sins that, I, that I've asked that I need to be forgiven of, I need to confess them. But after I've confessed them, I need to let the sin and the guilt go. I need to let him go. So if we feel guilty, we need to remind ourselves, well, God, I know, I, I confess, I ask your forgiveness, and I know that you forgive me. God, let the guilt go. Take the guilt away. There's no more guilt. <sighs> forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone that is, and lead us not into temptation. <clears throat> the Message Bible says, keep us safe from ourselves. 
Lead us not into temptation. God, don't let me, keep me safe from my weaknesses. You see, we all have weaknesses. And in and, and, and the Lord's Prayer, it's like keeping us safe from ourselves, from our own weaknesses. God, keep me safe from my own weaknesses and keep me safe from the devil. <laughs> so keep me safe from the things that would cause me to stumble and God, keep me safe from the, from the evil one. Um, and you notice that in, in the, in the uh, Message Bible, it has keep us alive, keep us forgiven, keep us safe. Keep. And the meaning of keep is to retain in one's possession or power. God, keep me. Retain me. Hold me in your possession. The Bible says nothing shall ever separate us from the love of God. That we are in the hands of God and nothing can take us out of those hands. Keep. Um, the, also another word definition for keep is to have control. To take notice of, to be faithful. To act, to act fittingly. So, God, act fittingly to me. Okay? Now, if we understand who God is, he loves us. He's, his desire is for us to enter into his kingdom. His desire is for us to walk with him. His desire is that when life is over, we're going, he knows God to prepare a place for us. So, that we have all of these things, we have to have an understanding of the God that we are serving. And he is greater than anything that we could ever imagine we would never think of God keeping us, but God tells us he's going to keep us. And so these are divine opportunities to know how God will speak with us. So he's not going to hit us over the head. He's not going to drag us down. He's not going to drag us into the kingdom. He's going to be the good shepherd who leads us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. So divine opportunity is to know how God thinks that God will reveal, reveal who you are, to make known by a divine inspiration, to make something secret that is secret known in general. So God's divine opportunity is taking that which we would, he considers secret, okay, and give it meaning. So the Lord's Prayer continues, or the, the scripture after it, verse 5 says, Jesus says this, Remember we just said that reveal the character of God, reveal who you are? Jesus says this, imagine what would happen. Okay? Imagine what would happen. If you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. An old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have a thing on hand. And the friend answers from his bed, don't bother me. <laughs> Don't bother me. The door is locked. My children are all down for the night and I can't get up to give you anything. But, tell, but let me tell you, okay, this is Jesus. Let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground knocking and waking up all the neighborhood, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. Jesus is telling us this. Imagine. Now he's talking about presenting your needs to the Lord. Presenting, bringing your, what you feel in your heart is a legitimate need to God. And he's telling you to imagine. So Jesus is, God is taking us from something that we can understand. 
bread. I don't have a thing to eat in the house. Any ladies ever done that? Men never do. We never forget that stuff. But ladies, you would know if you have nothing in the house to eat, right? All right, so you go to your neighbor. <laughs> Speaking of something to eat, going downstairs to get it ready for us. Thank you, Tricia. But <laughs> just couldn't help it, you know. God, no, don't have a thing in the house to eat. And uh, Jesus says, imagine this. So there he is taking something very common and applying a spiritual truth to it. <laughs> Go to your neighbor and ask. Hmm. So, a divine opportunity is knowing how to present your need. And how do you present your need? You go and you ask. And because nothing happens doesn't mean you give up on your prayer. Well, it's not working out. How do you know it's not working out? <laughs> Jesus declared this. He declares this. Ready? Verse 9. Here's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, it's really complicated. Here's what I'm saying. Ask and you will get. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Now, we're not just saying we're pulling things out of the, off of the, uh, the uh, television commercials and pulling them out of the commercial and saying, oh, I need that. Well, you know, all these commercials are telling you you need everything. <laughs> But because you look at a commercial on TV and say, oh, God, I want that, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a divine inspiration, okay? But the divine inspiration is there is a, there's a need in your spirit, there's a need in your life, and the Spirit of God and your spirit kind of come together and say, you know, I believe this is God speaking to me. And, he, and Jesus is saying, ask. <laughs> now, I'm going to go further on and come back. Verse 10 says, Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide-and-seek game that we're in. So, ask. Sometimes The Bible even says, You have not because you ask not. We've all been around people who ask for too much. And we think sometimes, well, God, you know, I, I, I've only got so much. We think that God is like the guy who only has so much to give. And so we ask him, well, I don't want to use up all my credits. <laughs> and God is saying, ask, ask. Because when we ask, it is being submissive. <laughs> sometimes we don't like to ask because it would appear to be weak or inferior or something like that. So he says, ask and you will get. Seek. <laughs> I think the reason we, we don't seek is because we're afraid it's not going to be there and we're going to be disappointed. You see, <laughs> why would you look for something that's not even there? That's our, that's our mind. Our physical natural way of thinking of things. Something that is not there. Faith says that it is there. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Stop knocking. You're not worth getting out of bed for. <laughs> and 
And Jesus is telling us it's not true. Now, you know, I, I've, I wanted to read something. And it, this is... <laughs> now, you, you've got to understand, underst- maybe you, you have to understand, I'll go this broad at it. I am not the literary genius <laughs> of writing and gifted and, you know, all of my papers that I wrote in, in college and so on, I was hoping to get a C, <laughs> maybe a B. Those were my goals. I set lofty goals and they didn't get there. But <laughs> to write a book is beyond anything that I ever thought was possible. But people kept telling me and, you know, doing that stuff. And, and I thought of all the people that, I, that we had been with over the years. And so I wrote down all these, th- I wrote down many things in this, in this book. Well, I submitted it to a Pacific Book Review. Now, I had to pay to have these people read my book. But this is this, just a couple excerpts from what they said. In Comfort in Sorrow, author David C. McGee speaks to his readers in such a calming and compassionate tone in reassurance that it's okay to feel however it is that you feel in your grieving, in your grieving process. It is encouraging to learn there are people that completely understand from a genuine yet empathetic perspective to inform that everyone will heal. I'm not going to read it all, of course. This book is well written. (laughs) That would be, you know, for me that's like, wow. (laughs) This book is well written and full and fully detailed providing aids in coping with overwhelming emotions without judgment, only genuine concern. One of my favorite parts the author has used is the ability to discuss something and use analogies as a method of clarity. Imagine where I got that from. Analogies as a method of clarity. That's Jesus using analogies as a method of clarity. (laughs) And... And I think, well, I believe that the way I wrote it is the way that taking complicated things and trying to use everyday understandings so that you could understand what they are. Jesus is using the idea of going to your neighbor who is a friend and asking for bread. And he says no. Jesus is telling us this so that we won't stop praying we won't stop asking seeking and knocking because we get a no and it isn't that god is trying to tell us no he's trying the idea is are do we believe enough to keep on asking you see and i think that that's where we we find ourselves trying to move through, move beyond the problems. And, and you know, some, some prayers are not answered. And, and they will not be answered in this life, and we won't understand it until we get to heaven. But we're not going to stop praying, and we're not going to stop asking. And the next one is, if, you're, if your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake? <laughs> your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? As bad as you are, 
as human as you are, you wouldn't even think of such a thing. You're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love and will give the Holy Spirit when you ask of him? Don't you think that I would hear your prayer and that I would give you something that would be frightening to you? A divine revelation. God isn't here to scare us. He's here to be our Father, our Comforter, our Guide, our Strength. And He's here to help us understand that it's okay to pray. And it's okay to ask and to seek and to knock. And <laughs> now I don't know what comes of this, but I have a new book cover, not a new book, new book cover, new publisher from 20 bucks to 12 bucks. <laughs> and, and there were, in a, one campaign, there were 50,000 clicks to Amazon and Barnes and Noble on my book on one weekend. Now, whether they bought it or not, I have no idea. But to think 50,000 people responded to an email advertising thing to look at this. And where did it come from? Here. In Wimber. Ask, seek, keep on knocking. What opportunities lie before us? And some of them are beyond our expectations. And who knows where this will go, whether it's to one or whatever, thousands. Don't know. But that's the opportunities that lie before us. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? Let's stand. <laughs> Father, reveal who you are. Father, set the world right. Take these things that are wrong in my life and make them right. Father, keep us alive with three square meals a day. Father, keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Father, keep us safe from ourselves, from our own weaknesses, and keep us safe from the devil. Why? Because we're in his hands. Amen? So we remember that. <laughs> we're in his hands, and nothing can separate us. Amen. So, come downstairs, have a little light lunch, and we'll have a business meeting. God bless you. And we'll see you again next week. Same time, same station. <laughs>